Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you how I got 100 referring domains in a domain rating of 49 in six months on a brand new site. This particular site is one that I started in the summer of 2020. So it's almost uh, two years old or right about two years old at this point in time. And as you can imagine, I started link building immediately because I said under six months and I literally started the link building right when I started publishing content. I think maybe there were 10 posts on there or so. And I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm going to explain the services that I used exactly, which there weren't too many. There were a couple little wild card things that I tested out, but they were sort of trivial and they didn't work out. And I'll mention them anyway, just so you know. And I'll go through how you might investigate doing this yourself if you don't want to use a service. For me personally, doing it myself was a non-starter. There's uh, really no way that I was going to work on <laughs> getting 100 uh, referring domains, 100 links to my site. It was just a little too much for me, and I'll explain all the details. Now, I will give you a little bit of an update this particular site is one that I was working on with niche website builders. This uh, content is not sponsored by them, but this is the same site that I was talking about for the 200,000 word content sprint over the course of four months, which is kind of, uh, honestly, it's, it's taken more like five and a half or six months, but it's no issue with uh, niche website builders. It took me a little while to find uh, some additional keywords. So any kind of delay is uh, purely my own fault. They delivered very quickly. <laughs> but this is the same site. So I'll give you a little bit of an update. What's going on, including the recent traffic and the recent earnings, including the EPMV, because I am using Ezoic to monetize. Overall, there were two main areas that I used for link building. One is the shotgun skyscraper and one is Haro. And that is help a reporter out. And I'll explain both of the techniques if you're not familiar. If you are familiar, I'm not going to go through a big explanation, just the high level overview. The good news on the site is traffic is up. I have been publishing more content. I think it roughly, I think I was going to add something like I don't know, 30 or 40% more word count or so, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Overall, if you look at the number of articles, I think I had 238 when Niche Website Builder started working on it. And then I think we ended up with something like 180 new posts. So if you look at the, the number of posts, not quite doubling it, pretty good number of words, but you get the idea. So traffic is up. I'll tell you the page views. So in June, and I'll just give you the, the last full month of data that we have. So in June, as reported by Google Analytics, the number of page views was 72,160. There were roughly 43,300 users. And on average, they visited... 1.19 pages per session. The majority of the traffic is from the US, then Great Britain, then Australia, 
than Canada. And that amounts for, let me do some quick math. I think it's over 90% of the traffic. So most of the traffic is coming from those four countries, those four regions overall. When I check out big data analytics over on Ezoic, which this show is brought to you by Ezoic. So their big data analytics really breaks down the details of the analytics. So you can dive in a little bit uh, more cleanly and look at what really matters, like the which pages get the highest earnings per visitor. So you know that kind of content works really well. Very helpful. So Ezoic looking at the month of June 2022, the number of page views reported is higher. It's 75,900 or so. And the number of visits is 64,147. So fairly large discrepancy. And it must be the way that, you know, Google and Ezoic evaluate the visitors on the site. The average visit duration as reported, at least the the screen that I'm looking at here on Ezoic is over three minutes, just over three minutes. And that seems pretty good to me. And the particular view that I'm looking at on Google Analytics, which is the audience overview, it looks like the average session duration is 49 seconds. However, if I hop down to behavior and then site content and then look at all pages, it shows the average time on page is four minutes and 19 seconds. I have no idea why the audience overview versus the site content behavior overview shows a different amount of time, but it seems like people are on the pages that they want to get on for a few minutes. That's good. That seems like a long amount of time to me. I know when I hop over after I Google something and I look at a specific page, if I'm there for more than a couple minutes, I'm pretty engaged in it. I am trying to figure out what's going on and I'm trying to learn and solve my problem and all that stuff. So as we wrap up here, as far as the analytics of where the site is right now, the June earnings we see are $638.00. The EPMV is a little bit low, so it's uh, $9.95, so just under $10 here. And truthfully, that is a little bit lower than I would hope. And I do see there's certain pieces of content that seem to have a higher EPMV. So what can we do with that information from big data analytics from Ezoic? Well, we can create more content around those specific topics, or if it's a particular kind of content, we can also aim for that. So we could just use the data that we have available to make decisions. And that's why big data analytics are so valuable. So again, the EPMB, $9.95, a little bit lower than I hope. And I can actually clearly see that some of the pages that are getting the most traffic are some of the ones that are not paying as high as far as ad rate goes. Now, the other piece of the puzzle to add in there, and I know this from talking to my account manager at Ezoic, talking to some of my friends and peers that also have websites, and then just observing the world around me, that the economy is uh, a little rocky. We are sort of in a recession or a looming recession, depending on um, you know when you're listening to this, you may already know that the previous two quarters um, were not so great. With that in mind, 
advertisers, companies are not spending as much on marketing. They're tightening the purse strings just a little bit and EPMBs are down, ad revenues down. People are purchasing less stuff. So if you're looking over on your um, Amazon or other affiliate revenue sources, you may see people are not buying as much stuff. You may have stable traffic, but maybe in your particular area, the ads are not paying as much and maybe people aren't buying as much stuff. So that happens and, you know, the market shifts all the time and, you know, during the good times, they're going to spend more freely. And during the bad times, people are going to, you know, watch, watch the spending a little bit. Okay. So that's the overview. That's where we are with the site. Let's rewind now. Let's go back to when I first started the site and I was like, okay, I when to start link building pretty much right away. I am totally okay with that. And some of the common wisdom out there states that it is totally unnatural for a new website to get backlinks. And I call bullshit on that. I think if you are imagining a new blogger who doesn't know anyone, maybe they don't know how to promote a site. Maybe they have no marketing background. Sure. That would be kind of surprising if someone who didn't know what the fuck they were doing ended up with a bunch of backlinks, that would look weird. However, if you have started a few sites, if you have a network of friends, if you know how to market and promote a new brand, you may go out there and tell people about it. Think of when a new company launches, they send out a press release and they hope it gets picked up. They're going to try to get on you know, news programs or trying to get articles written about them. They're going out there and telling people about the company. So that is normal. That is what you should do if you're starting something. You shouldn't sit on your hands and think, well, it looks unnatural to some search engine company that I am getting backlinks. You know, fuck them, right? Do your thing. Promote what you're trying to promote. If you are a believer in link building, I suspect if you're checking out this episode, you at least see the value in it. You may not want to take it into your own hands but at least you can gather some information and maybe when you have uh, some free time, when you have a little time to run an experiment, you can test this out on your own. So I was fully confident. I was like, let's start link building right away. I talked to Mark and Adam over at Niche Website Builders and I was like, all right, I want to do the shotgun skyscraper stuff. You guys have a new service. I think it was roughly new uh, back then. I was one of the first customers out there. And if you are unfamiliar with the skyscraper technique, it is from Brian Dean. He coined the name, although the the technique and the, the way he was doing it isn't anything too unique, right? I think people were doing that for a long time. He just put a name on it and then told everyone about it. And started you know, being on podcasts. He sent it out to a bunch of people. He was promoting his site, right? So in a very meta way, if I remember right, he wrote an article how to run a skyscraper campaign. And then he sent it out. He literally did the skyscraper technique on that article. So what he did was, well, maybe I'm Maybe I'm mixing a couple of things, but he did promote it. So at least that's the second piece of the puzzle. Okay. So the skyscraper is when you go and find the best content 
on a specific topic, and then you make it better. So the analogy here is people care about the tallest skyscraper. They don't care as much about the second tallest skyscraper or the third or anything else. But if you have the tallest skyscraper, people are like, oh, that's kind of newsworthy. I will link to that. That sounds interesting. I want to hear about that. And I think his particular article was around, I'm doing this from memory, by the way. So I think his particular article was the 200 plus ranking factors that Google uses for its algorithm. And he scoured the web and he found that most of the articles written on that topic were, you know, the the 100 or the 150. And basically, he consolidated and curated the list. So, he ended up with, you know, the 200 plus factors that Google uses. So, when he sent out emails, he was able to get those links because he had the biggest list. He had the tallest skyscraper. So people gave a shit about it. Cool. So that is the skyscraper technique. The shotgun portion is something that came a little bit later. I believe it was popularized by the Authority Hacker Crew. Great podcast, great blog. Certainly check it out. And the idea there is something I truly hate being on the receiving end. And I complain about it occasionally. I try not to complain too much though. So the idea here is you take a shotgun approach, which if you are not a marksman or markswoman, a shotgun sprays out buckshot and it's it's a little messy. There's a lot of uh, maybe like collateral damage that can happen. But the idea is you're taking a shotgun approach. You're not, you're not a sniper. You're not going after a specific target. You're just like, you know what? Let's just spray the internet with emails. And if there's some, uh, if there's some emails that go to random people or email addresses that don't exist, that's okay. We're, we're taking a shotgun approach and fuck it. Like we're just sending out all the emails we can. One of the reasons why it became popular is because, number one, how effective it was, but also it turned out that there were some software, uh, some SaaS products, software as a service products that allowed you to schedule follow-ups and really kind of automate the process. So you can load in a bunch of email addresses, which you can go gather, you can, you know, figure out how to get those. You have to scrape the web. There's a lot of ways to get these email addresses. And then you have essentially a autoresponder series where you're like, hey, I published this new article. It's fantastic. I really like you. Can you please link to it and go from there? So it's combining email outreach in an automated fashion with a skyscraper campaign. It turned out to be super effective. Now, one of the dangers is marketers are terrible. And if something works, they will abuse it. They will use that technique until it is no longer effective. (laughs) So that is one of the reasons why if you do normal outreach for guest posting, like we used to do in say 2013 to 2015 or so, used to be able to get uh, guest posts. 
you would just send an article over, the person would publish it, good to go. They got content, you got a backlink. Nowadays, uh, usually there's some sort of admin fee. They're charging for, for putting a link in there. So marketers basically abuse this to the point where it's very clear, even to a casual blogger, that there's a market out there for charging just to publish a backlink, just to publish a guest post, things that they were doing for free before. The supply and demand is dictating that those bloggers can charge. So the shotgun skyscraper campaign, super effective. And the difficulty is, right, before these automated um, apps, these SaaS products were out there, you would have to like manually send the emails, I mean, you could use like a mail merge app. Those were around for a little while. In fact, when I was doing some more systematic guest posting, and back in the day, I had a small guest posting service that I was doing and realized I hated that business model and didn't want to do it anymore. I was sending out emails, not the follow-up series, but I would just send out a sort of an email merge situation. And I wouldn't send out hundreds per day. I would send out maybe like, 10 or 15 emails a day for a short period of time and get get the guest post, get the backlinks and not have to pay for it, all the stuff that I was mentioning before. So these apps made it very easy just to automate. You can have follow-up series. You can have, you know, I think some decision points too. And you, of course, can hop in there once the person replies back to manually reply and you know take it off the automation sequence so very powerful apps but it's just you know it's too easy now i never set any of those up i never tried it because like i said i wasn't a fan of receiving those emails and there were companies out there to do it like niche website builders i will put a link in the description which will be an affiliate link for niche website builders and their shotgun skyscraper service so if you want to do it on your own, I think you can probably find some good resources out there on how to do it. I think Authority Hacker probably has a good um, maybe YouTube video or blog post, which I'm sure you can find and dig a little deeper. There's probably other examples on YouTube as well and maybe specific apps that you can use to automate the process. Although I encourage you to take a different approach and be a little bit more sniper-like and strategic versus uh, spraying out emails, but it can work. Moving forward, um, I could tell you some of the stats, right? So like I said, I ended up with about 100 referring domains in six months. I think roughly, I would say 85 to 90 of those links were from niche website builders. Because I was one of the early customers, they hadn't optimized the service and they changed the offering a little bit. When I was in there, there wasn't a specific cap on the number of links per month. It was just, they were going to run a campaign. They're going to send out X number of emails and they're going to get you as many emails as they can. And they still will get you a lot of links, but I'm not sure what the specific offering is right now. And the other thing is when they run the campaign, you know, you'll get a handful of links over the course of the campaign, which I think they recommend doing it for at least three months. It takes about a month to set it up. They have to write the 
piece of content and then they have to do the research to find the email addresses and then they have to do the outreach. And after that, it takes a little while for people to get back and reply back to say, hey, we added a link, we'll publish a post, whatever. So it takes a little while to get rolling there. Now, the cool part is it takes a little while to get going, but on the back end, once they stop, more links will still come in later. So overall, I ended up with a DR domain rating of 49 in right about six months. So when I looked at the chart over on Hrefs, I saw that, you know, in early January, that's when the DR was about 49. And now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, they really didn't start the campaign until August of 2020. And the first links didn't come in until mid-September or so. So you could actually compress that down and say, uh, maybe it was five months or so, depending on how you dial it in. But within the first six months of me starting the site, which was in July of 2020, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. So DR of 49. Now, the other piece of the puzzle is Haro link building. So I personally didn't do any Haro link building, but I did hire um, Shauna Newman to test out her service on this site. She got me a handful of links. I think it was maybe like four or five. And one of them was epic. Very, very high DR on a good page on this particular site. And it boosted it up even more. I think we ended up in the uh, 50, 50 range after that link landed. And I I think it was running right at her campaign was running right at the end of niche website builders. So, you know, it's hard to know which campaign did the did the most. If you look at sheer numbers, the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign definitely got a lot more links, but the power of some of the ones on the Haro campaign were serious and they were in the right niche. They were topically relevant. And that is the danger with some of the Shotgun Skyscraper campaign techniques. Basically, you can end up with links. The metrics might look good, but they really could just be like a content farm. And you'll run across these often where it's like kind of a general news site. They may actually get a little bit of traffic, you know, even five, tens of thousands of visitors. Usually they're not huge sites, but these content farms sometimes end up with a couple posts that rank and they could bring in a few thousand visitors per month. And technically, you know, that is good. But if it's just random topics on there, then it's not as helpful, I don't think. Topical relevance is really great. So if you can get that, it's wonderful. So the I think the Haro campaign that Shauna ran for me was very good. And I'll put a link to her service as well, uh, which will be an affiliate link. And the, another cool part, if you want to do it yourself, I have a Haro link building course, which I will, I don't typically open up, but what I'll do is put a link in the show notes. So you could follow that special link and then get to it. I won't open it up just in general or promote it otherwise, but I'll just open it up just in case you find podcast listener want to check it out. 
the other service, which is a newer one from niche website builders, is a Haro link building service and does essentially the same thing. If you're totally unfamiliar with Haro, it is help a reporter out. And there are reporters or other content creators that need references. They need a reference, an expert to cite in their article. So these could be small magazines. They could be online magazines. They could be big news sources like CNN or Forbes or CNBC or just name whatever big news company is out there. They may need a source in a specific topic. So Haro is a bit of a marketplace where they have people that need a source and then the other side, us, we are the sources. We're experts experts in the content area. So the reporter will say, hey, I'm writing an article on uh, astrophotography and I need um, someone who's an expert on the optics and some of the details around it. And then they'll pose a question and then it goes out to the Haro email list. And you can sign up for different categories. You can sign up for everything. They have um, a free version where you just get free emails. You can schedule them to come at certain times. And then the the other side is um, you can actually pay for it and get access to a database where it's searchable. And then you could go through and find, um, basically you, you can get the, the notification before it goes out on the email. So as soon as the reporter submits the request and it's approved, you can go in on the premium version and get that right away, have a look at it and be able to reply back before the free email goes out. Once you get the email or once you find the request, as the expert, you can reply back. You can you know, put whatever detail you want in there. There's a technique to it. And if you have a journalism background, you'll probably do better off because you understand the challenges that journalists are going through. And basically you reply back and the journalist can sift through all of the replies that they get back, pick whatever they want, and they usually cite you and give you a link back to your site. So that's the overall idea with Haro and PR companies. Public relation companies have been doing this for a while, and they do it on behalf of their clients. So it's totally acceptable to have a PR company or a virtual assistant reply back for you. And it's just normal. That's The reporters are like, oh, a PR company is, is replying back. That's totally normal. No big deal. Or a virtual assistant. That makes sense, right? If you're part of an organization and you're an expert, it's not weird that you would have an assistant or someone on the marketing team or you outsource it to a public relations company that can do the outreach, uh, not specific outreach, but they could do the replying for you. Maybe the PR company would get a specific quote from the CEO of the company. But you know, the, the point is this piece can be outsourced and reporters are able to cite an expert and you get a link back. So those are the, the two effective ways that I was able to get 100 referring domains, a DR of 49 in under six months on a brand new site. There were a couple things that I did which were not very effective. So one is something that I do and it can be effective in the right scenario, but I didn't carry it out all the way through. 
that is blog commenting. So blog commenting in certain industries is a little bit dead, or at least not many people comment or people turn off comments because they don't want to deal with the spam on their, on their blog. But other places have vibrant communities that live in the blog comments. And if you you're like, I don't know where that could be these days. Funny enough, I'm also part of the financial independence community. And if you hop over on some of the more popular blogs in personal finance or financial independence, there's hundreds of comments on these, you know, very big blogs. So the one I'm thinking of specifically is like Mr. Money Mustache. So if you go look even on like a recent post that he has on his site, he'll end up with hundreds of comments. Now, he does get millions of visitors to his site each month, so that certainly counts for something. But even smaller blogs like uh, 1500 Days, my podcast co-host over on the Mile High Fi show, he has uh, comments for every one of his blogs as well. He doesn't have nearly the reach that uh, Pete, Mr. Money Mustache has, but Carl does have uh, comments on his blog. So I usually do a blog commenting campaign and I typically will pull a list of URLs that seem appropriate to comment on and then I'll hire a VA to leave comments out there. They have specific instructions and, and all that stuff. And the links from the comments don't really help that much. There are no follow links. Hopefully it's a relevant topic, so that's good. Usually not much traffic comes through, but the point is there's some there's some uh, conversation happening. And the main thing that I skipped was actually following through and then emailing the, the person that owns the blog and building the relationship. That's the idea for relationship building and networking. Leaving a blog comment is something that a blogger will notice, even if it's a very big blog with millions of visitors. If you leave comments consistently for you know a few blog posts in a row that are insightful and they have some you know good information in there, the blogger is probably going to remember. It's, it's kind of a cool way to reach out. Now I think you could probably do that on Twitter these days or some other medium, other social media, but Blog commenting is something I did as well. Got a handful of referring domains, but I don't think it helped as far as rankings or anything like that. The other one is a little test that I ran, and that is forum link building. And basically, there are tons of forums out there still. It's kind of funny to think about. It seems like a lot of the conversations move to social media and maybe Facebook groups specifically, but you know, communities found their spot and there's still forums out there, especially for like um, topic areas where there were big forums already established. I'm very interested in homebrewing beer. And there was, there's one called homebrew talk that has been around from, yeah, it started way before social media was popular basically. So in those areas where there were big communities, where there were already forums in place before social media, a lot of those people have stuck around. Now that said, I mean, I haven't been to that forum in years, but I know it's still out there. So some of that conversation may have moved to different places, but the idea with forum link building is there are 
there's usually a lot of different uh, boards in a forum. Many of them are on topic, but usually there's a bunch of different areas, a bunch of different discussions going on. Usually there's one that's sort of off topic or just random thoughts or something like that. And because a forum is a community, you kind of have the opportunity to say, hey, this is completely unrelated to homebrewing beer, but I'm into technology and I'm really interested in solar energy, for example. So maybe I create a thread and I'm like, I'm going to put solar panels on my house and I'm wondering if anyone has done it. And here's some of the resources that I found. And then maybe you put a link in there. Now, that kind of link building can be really effective because traffic actually f- will flow through those links if you have an established user and you've basically been in the community and you're part of the community. So there are some people that do link building that you could hire on like Upwork that have already been posting to these various different forums and they're able to create a thread that is topically relevant and then linked to your site in a, I guess, a reasonable way so it doesn't seem too spammy. That's the thing. If you were to try to do this and then just create a user, post three or four times with just like a random thing and then try to post your link all in like one day or one week, you're probably not going to get that link in there. They're probably going to flag you for spam. And, you know, forums are aware that marketers are the worst. And they can set up rules where maybe you can't post a link until you have like 10 or 20 posts. And you have to be a member of the forum for X amount of time. So they can set up these sort of artificial hurdles to make it a little bit harder for spammers to go in there or link builders who are not making the form a better place. So I hired someone from Upwork to try a little of this forum link building just to see how it would work out. I don't specifically remember, but I think I got maybe like 15 to 20 links. You may be wondering, are these do follow or no follow links? Typically they are no follow links. Again, forum owners are savvy and they realize that people were throwing links in there, just random shit. So they're often no follow. However, as I mentioned before, the specific page, like the the title of the thread is often going to be topically relevant. And there's a good chance if it's a vibrant community within the forum, people are going to follow the link and then you'll end up with like actual traffic from that forum post. Now that could be short lived, right? Like once someone posted, if it doesn't have a continuous flow of traffic to that thread, you're probably not going to get a constant flow of traffic. It may not be the right kind of traffic either, right? It's just someone's a little curious. They're going to follow the link that was in the thread. But the point is Google sees that the traffic is going through that no follow link. And I think that's a good thing. So those were the the other two things that I did that weren't as effective. So quick little summary here. Shotgun skyscraper. You could hire a company like Niche Website Builders. There's probably other ones that do it, but I don't have experience with those. And if you want to do it yourself, you could check out resources from Brian Dean and Authority Hacker, which should be pretty easy to Google and find those. You can find other case studies, I'm sure, as well. 
I also did Haro link building to a much smaller degree. I have a course on that, which you could check out. There's going to be a link in the show notes here. And then there's a couple services. I haven't used the niche website builders, but I'm, I've been happy using their service in the past. And then Shana Newman also has a service, which she's often full. So you may want to check in and uh, either get on the wait list or you know, touch base with Shauna about that. And those two links, any of the services that I'm recommending here, I am an affiliate for those. So I'd get a commission if you sign up, but help support the show. Now I'm curious, um, and you can shoot me an email or leave a voicemail. I haven't been mentioning that I do have a voicemail that you can ask questions on. It is listed in the show notes. It's in every single one of the every single one of the shows. So you could call in and let me know, have you done a shotgun skyscraper campaign? Do you think it's a good idea to link build from the beginning? Do you think it's a dumb idea? Has it worked out for you? Has it, you know, blown up in your face for some reason? And finally, Haro. So I'm just curious, uh, you know, what, what you all have done in the past? Has it worked out? Have you thought about getting started with one of these and then realized, oh, there's a little bit more of a learning curve. It's a little bit harder than I thought because each of these has its own hurdles. And that's why it's like, it's so enticing to hire a service because they have it figured out. They've run many of the campaigns. They've gone through the growing pains. They've made mistakes and they've optimized through working with, you know, dozens of clients or however many clients they may have you know, worked with in the past. So very enticing to hire someone to do it, even though you could do it on, you know, a shoestring budget, you can do it all yourself, do it all manually. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh man, it takes a lot of time. When it doesn't work, you kind of lose motivation. You kind of lose the momentum where if you could hire a company and they, you know, guarantee X number of links with a domain rating of a certain minimum, then it's like, let's turn it on. Let's check it out. And those are the services that I'm talking about here with Shauna and Niche Website Builders. So that's it for today. Hope everyone's having a good summer or uh, winter for the folks down in the other hemisphere. So getting a little geographic today. And that's a cue for me to end this episode. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a great day out there. Mm-hmm.